Good afternoon. I'm your host, Jimmy Kim, and you're watching the greatest show on the planet, The Jimmy Kim Show. To the audience out there today, thank you so much for tuning in. We have an awesome episode. I'm interviewing Joseph Trahan. He is the founder and executive chairman of BizPack, and also he's a serial entrepreneur. So today we're going to talk about many interesting topics, including the election, local businesses, and how you can get more uh, plugged in into the community to make an impact. All right, Joseph, we're going to go and start. Thank you so much for coming to the radio studio to do this interview and go ahead and tell the audience who you are. Well, Joseph Trahan, founder of BizPack, uh, Association of Business Owners, that set a legislative agenda, uh, municipal, state, and federal, and then we work with those elected and appointed officials to see that business-friendly agenda through and try to hold them accountable to that. We like lower taxes. We like less government. We like more freedom and more liberty. Love all those three topics. So before we move on further about BizPack, which I think is a great organization, I've been to several of your events. Joseph, you know that, and I, and I enjoyed every one. Let's talk about uh, some of those uh, business ventures that, that you're currently working on or that you've had worked on. Okay. Um, well, more recently, yeah. um, I've been working on a lot of biotechs yeah. in the area of regenerative medicines and uh, therapies. Uh, prior to that, I'd done a, a good deal of high-tech and uh, data center space development, about two and a half million square feet of data center space, and a lot of other technologies around that. What was great about that is uh, all the companies that would come in hosting, you know, or whatever, at some point they would need help and I could get involved in whatever businesses that they were doing using our high-tech data centers. Nice. And so that just covered so many different markets. We invented some technologies, sold some companies off. That was a lot of fun. Um, everything from cable television to high-speed internet, to fiber optic, metro, um, just interesting stuff like um, in the advertising space, when you go out and you buy advertising, you have really very little uh, audit, independent audit of the advertising. So you don't know how many, you bought ad avails, the available ads, but you don't know how many of them really happened. Well, we, there was a, a technology that came out of Rice University's business plan competition that mm -hmm. we hosted, and we helped them to scale that um, through our cable television and internet feed. And it listened electronically through with servers, and it counted every time the ads came out to verify it against you know, whoever you bought the ad avails from. So when you got your billing, you knew that that actually aired. So it was one of the first times that happened. That was, that was a real fun technology to work with. Well, I bet. And that's pretty important to know that your ad actually aired. <laughs> right, right. Am I getting what I'm paying for? You yeah, know? I know, right? For a business owner, you want to get what you pay for. Absolutely. Maybe a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what other business ventures are you currently involved in that you would like to talk about? Or well, sure. That? In the area of regenerative medicines or therapies, and uh, biotech space, um, we're working with uh, medical grade um, isolate CBD compounds and even some that have the THC limit for Texas in it uh, that are medical grade, meaning pharma grade, so that uh, doctors are comfortable prescribing that rather than traditional medicines or in lieu of traditional medicine because there's always, there's always a, a cost benefit when you take 
uh, big pharma, there's always going to be some other thing that it could have, could go on in your body. With um, the CBD isolates, that does not occur. You can't overdose. It won't hurt your liver. None of the guttural tract issues like a lot of other medicines might have. Because well, um, it's natural, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally that's the natural. beauty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a uh, flourishing space with a twenty six billion a year uh, market cap and growing. So that's you know that's a big space that we're we're filling right there. But also in the area of regeneratives um, through wellness biosciences, it's one of the uh, target investments of mine and other investors. Um, we are rolling out uh, uh, amniotics, for instance, in the area of wound care. That's a huge area of business. You've got bed sores, you've got uh, wounds from people with diabetes, they can't grow their skin back. You've got trauma, tragic accident, fire, whatever, they can't grow their skin back. Right. That usually leads to death and it costs Medicare in the millions. And so we have um, an amniotic fluid compound that we cultured the skin cells of the, the poor victim, the patient um, that's suffering from this. We culture it for 72 hours, and then um, it can be injected into the wound or th over with a mesh and then a latex seal. And seven days later, that's your skin with your genetic code. It's all yours. And we, uh, a long time ago, um, uh, I don't think Medicare was allowing um, amniotics to even have a billing code. They, they believed in this so much that they gave it its own billing code. Oh, good. So um, it's a good, legitimate therapy that really helps save lives. And so that's one that we're real excited about rolling out right now. Yeah, I think if it's if it's holistic, which it sounds like, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, I yes. think that's a step in the right direction. It is. And it comes, the amniotic fluid, um, you know, that's, we all have spent some time in amniotic fluid. Oh, really? Yeah, about nine. About <laughs> I'm a nine, robot. Yeah, about nine, <laughs> about nine months. Uh, because it makes a perfect little uh, Petri dish, so to speak, for your cells to regenerate and, to, right. and for you to grow as a fetus, you know. But um, we uh, only harvest amniotics that come from healthy, live births out of cesarean. And there's a reason for that. And this was a real eye-opener for a lot of people in the company. The... Um, in the whole world of abortion, when they try to harvest these things, it's full of hormones that are, are harmful, that are, are negative. You know, there's a, your body is a biochemistry lab, you know, that's going on all the right. time. So um, they just can't get the um, above 99% take rate like, like we get with our good, healthy, live birth amniotic fluids um, from any, anything like that. So there's no market, zero market. We're not interested in buying anything like that. Mm. Um, to make these uh, compounds that heal. Yeah, I've always, uh, you were, you mentioned the CBD oil mm -hmm. as well. I've always been a big fan of those products and or related products with hemp, because mm -hmm. once again, it's natural. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the type of guy, if I have a headache, I won't even take a Tylenol. Oh yeah. That's how holistic I am. You know what I use for a headache now? Um, what do you, what do you we, use? At uh, Wellness Biosciences, we yeah. have a dissolvable CBD that dissolves under your tongue, mm -hmm. a little tablet, kind of like a Altoid mint. You dissolve it under your tongue for two minutes, gone headaches over with or whatever nice. it could be joint ache or whatever so there's a lot of neat products out there that we we've been able to change uh, change lives we've got one with a sleep formula um, it has just a touch of melatonin but there's a couple of CBD isolates that mm -hmm. help your body to relax and go to sleep and so that with that, with that touch of melatonin I had not been getting a good night of sleep for about 10 years 
just just my Insomnia. biochemistry. You know, my mind's always going a million miles an hour. You know, thinking about politics, something like that. <laughs> and um, and so I I started trying out the the products before I invested in the company. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. I just got eight hours. I feel like I can wrestle a gorilla when I wake up, you know. And so I was like, this stuff works. Uh, what else have we got over here? You know, and started looking at the other compounds. Right. And then I said, okay, I, I got to buy into this thing. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've always been a big proponent of just, I mean, in general, I mean, CBD is great, but overall health and wellness right. uh, and doing it naturally. Like I said, just good, yeah. solid nutrition, exercise, fitness. Yes. And then having some friends, community, social mm -hmm. support. And believe it or not, yeah, most people's health problems would go away with just those three simple things. Well, that and sleep. <laughs> and sleep, yeah. Sleep. Of the course, number, sleep. Yeah. The number right. one anti-inflammatory on the right. planet is sleep and yeah. CBD. CBD is the number one anti-inflammatory, natural anti-inflammatory, reduces swelling. Um, if, you, if you can reduce swelling, you generally reduce most pain. Um, and so that's why it's such a, a good natural source of right. anti-inflammatory. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. The company's been on the grow, 65% roughly uh, growth annually. And uh, this year, conservatively, we'll, we'll double. I, I think that's where we're headed with this this year because we just launched the Regeneratives, just opened up Panama. Panama's the top regenerative um, region in all of the Americas. Everybody flies to Panama um, to get their regenerative medicines or therapies done down there. They're groundbreaking, um, and they chose wellness biosciences when they started to roll out CBD. The Surgeon General, in fact, is um, involved in the company um, down in Panama. Excellent. All right, next, let's talk about BizPack, which I, once again, as I said, I think it's a great organization. I've been to several of your events. So tell the audience what the purpose of BizPack is and what y'all do. Sure. So at BizPack, like I um, had mentioned at the top of the show, um, group of business owners. We, uh, you're either a business owner, a C-level executive, chief executive officer, chief financial officer, a C-level executive business owner, or a credentialed professional, PhD, CPA, credentialed professional. We wanted to um, find a way to get the people that were where the buck stops, so to speak, in any kind of business. Um, get them together, get them organized, and get their mind on the matter of politics. Um, that wasn't being done. 80% of employment in North America, according to our own uh, Small Business Administration, 80% of employment is small business. Small right. business, you can, you can uh, small businesses, uh, you know, 100 million or less, but most small businesses are one to five or 10 people, you know, and like I said, 80% of employment. Well, the thing is, they are such renegades and mavericks and they're working so hard all the time, they, they would never really get together right. and get a mind meld and use their extreme intellect and energy to set legislative policy. They're too busy making their businesses grow. Making money. Yeah, or trying to, yeah. and especially in the beginning. And so um, we said, we've got to find a way to get these guys working together. You know, I kept waiting for somebody else to do it. You know, Nobody no. Did. And so <laughs> I, I think I complained enough that, um, you know, I got humbled by by friends that said, well, you know, why don't you do something about it? And so before I knew it, about four years ago, we were forming BizPack and, right. you know, kind of feeling our way through that, seeing is is this going to happen? Is this going to work? And and uh, gosh, it really has worked well. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. Because like I said, I've been to your events and forums. So do you all help candidates in terms of uh, acquiring donations, getting exposure, and also hosting events for them, correct? Right. Those uh, are the three main ways. Yes, there's three types of things BizPAC does. Right. Uh, we have three types of events every month. Um, we have a members-only roundtable luncheon. You've been to one where we yes. interview a candidate, closed door with our members and invited guests only. Right. We do it that way so that the candidate will... Uh, feel a little more relaxed that it's a trusted group not enemies from the other party or something right. like that um, and so that kind of that helps them to relax and speak freely you know because we do a deep dive interview uh, when we you've been to it I can vouch know? for that yeah it's very deep which I think is great they're they're usually worn out by the time it's done <laughs> I think uh, Bill King um, at 64 minutes, he goes, I've never worked so hard for a lunch in my life. Good. <laughs> you know, it's like um, a job interview. It is. I mean, it is. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, business owner job interview for it. So, so that's one thing that we, that's one type of meeting that we have, the round table. Then we right. also have our forums. Now our forums are, are one or more candidates. It's a deep dive, much bigger room. You know, you May have, you've been to the ones over at the Bayou City Event Center. There are other large venues we've used I have as been well. there. Okay. Not, not to your event, but I've been there for okay. other events, and it's huge. Right. Uh, the, uh, you know, the Black, uh, Kristen Blackman and Lori Blackman, they do such a wonderful job, Lori Schroeder. Of, that is such a first-class venue. Um, right. It's perfect for what we do. Absolutely. Everyone's right. relaxed. Food is phenomenal. And we, we've got the stage right there with the cameras, and we just get into it with the candidate and... And we, at our forum for Harris County Judge, we were almost at the two-hour mark um, of interview questions. And nobody was worn out. We, we just had a wonderful conversation and uh, uh, very comfortable. But uh, so the, the forum is the other part of, you know, educating the public and educating ourselves that we do with different candidates. All on video. We post all of that online on our YouTube, you know, Biz, BizPack YouTube channel. So that people can that can't be there can go back and review it over and over. So it's canonized, and then the other type of event we have, and you may like these. We we hold a cocktail reception. We hold receptions monthly somewhere. That and sounds like fun. We've got a young professionals association that we launched uh, this summer. I'm very proud of those guys. Uh, they're when I say they're tomorrow's uh, leaders. These guys are already leaders. You know, an example would be Harrison and Brandon that own American Munitions. They are munitions manufacturers and importers, cool. and yeah. um, they, the level of revenue they've been able to achieve in their first two years is shocking, you know. So we, that's the kind of folks that we have involved in the, in the Young Professionals Association. They're, they're young, but don't. But they're they're like fifty-year-old uh, men trapped in twenty-five-year-old bodies. You know. That sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, so they're really, really sharp, and they're shocking how intelligent they are, and and um, um, how how quick on their feet they are. You know, and uh, they really know their business extremely well. Nice. Uh, that's that's who's involved with our young professional association. So you've got the business owners that are members of of BizPack mentoring these guys that are already setting it on fire, you know, these younger guys and Young Professional Association. So that's how we, you know, got those two groups together. And then we've got a few big sponsors uh, in the biotech space and other spaces, uh, technology, energy, um, 
you know, so um, all of these companies come together, we set the legislative agenda, then we're at the Capitol if the doors are open here in Texas. Right. I think uh, there, one of the legislators, a friend of ours, uh, said he saw me at the Capitol more than he saw, and he named a, a Democrat representative. He said he saw me at the Capitol more than that one, you know. And and I thought about it this session. You're right. We were there every single week, nice. you know, yeah. um, trying to move the needle on different pieces of legislation. And um, we talked earlier about uh, the one area for property tax. If you want to get into that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, that's it's great because yeah, BizPack provides, uh, as you said, a voice for business owners to the local, state, and federal Mun government, municipal, right? state, and federal. Right, right. and right. that's fantastic because, as you said, a lot of times it's not happening. Right. Yeah, and they support. I also like some of the the initiatives that BizPack supports is like smaller government. Mm -hmm less taxes, mm -hmm. less government restrictions on businesses, which I think are, are those are the, the three you big know, takeaways. You know there, what right? woke us up to that? Uh, Jimmy, we were in California. I was at Huntington Beach for a while. Mm -hmm. And they will tell you how to build your building. The government will over there. There's mm -hmm. so much regulation. You know, I was like, we can't let that happen in Texas. No way. Yeah, that, that was just over the top. And the, that's why the costs were so high over there. Um, so that that was a real wake up call because we saw that may be cr trying to find its way to Texas. Uh, that'll that'll kill uh, the Texas is number one place for entrepreneurs. It's number one place for businesses to go. It's a business friendliest, Absolutely. friendliest, b friendliest business, business friendliest state in the union. And uh, I didn't want to have any chilling effect on that here in Texas. And so. Once I saw what was happening over there and in Seattle, um, we, and we formed BizPAC, we said, we've, we've got to be sure that we never let that happen here. Right. Yeah, it's very business friendly. That's probably why Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have headquarters. They move their headquarters mm -hmm. here, too. They're smart. <laughs> mm -hmm. Economies. Yeah. You know, made yeah. a lot of sense. Now, with BizPAC, are you open to having political candidates and elected officials from any party, or are you dealing with mostly conservatives, we or have, how does that? We have yet, we say that we're non-denominational. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right, yeah. well, that's what we say. We have yet to have a, uh, a liberal Democrat accept an invitation for a deep dive interview. Okay. It just mm. hasn't happened. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I think that they probably look at our, um, at our video library right. on our YouTube channel, and they 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 realized that we're going to take them apart. Any anything? Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the ones that we've invited. Okay. Um, because we'll take them apart in terms of the policies oh, don't okay. make sense. Okay. And right, right. they're they're not business friendly. So they're right. not going to find a sympathetic ear to you know their uh, social smash and grab program. We're not going to be okay with that. You know, okay, I understand. Business owners aren't. But you have extended invitations. Many you're, times. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. So it's not just you're dealing with one party affiliation. <laughs> right. Um, we want business-friendly candidates. Right. Regardless of D, R, or even L, libertarian, doesn't matter, as long as they're business-friendly. Business friendly. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Excellent. So since you are heavily involved with local businesses in Houston and the greater Harris County area, as well as BizPack. What are your thoughts on just the overall business atmosphere in, in the city right now? Um, 
Hmm. It's, I think it's a tough time for a lot of builders. I hear a lot of complaints about the sluggishness for um, all of their permitting. This has been an ongoing, ever-growing problem. It has not gotten right. any better since this regime took over um, prior to Sylvester Turner coming into the city mm-hmm. um, and prior to Lena Hidalgo, um, that bizarre set of circumstances where she became the county judge. Uh, we've, we haven't seen uh, any progress in this area at all. Now, that, that's problematic. We're still going to overcome it because our economy is so good here and there's so much of a, a business base, but I think that that's very telling. And I'll give you an example about this particular thing. If you're stopping the growth, if you're slowing down the permitting, if you're making it harder for licensing, right, then what you're doing is you're obstructing commerce. Right. So if you obstruct commerce, but taxes are increasing and inflation is occurring, well, then what really happens, right? You're taking money from the earners. Right. At some yeah. point, it they just qu- goes down. At some yeah. point, they quit or they fight back. Okay, and that's what's going on hmm. right now. And I'll tell you a, a quick little anecdote. Um, the, uh, the largest brewery in the world is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Anheuser-Busch, believe it or not, not Coors. And hmm. Augie Bush III, um, I had the pleasure of meeting him. He wanted to build the biggest brewery in the world and put it right there in Colorado. And he went up to Fort Collins, which is about 70 miles north of Denver bought a big hops field, you know, beers made out of, of barley and hops, right. bought a giant hops field and put this, this monstrosity there, this thing, and built an entire community. But he, he realized the politics in the region is all the little small communities, they were going to um, try to monetize from tax and permitting and all that. So he flew in on his jet and he went to the, he called the meeting and he said, let me, let me tell you guys something. I'm going to build the biggest brewery in the world right here. It'll be the biggest employer in this whole region, in these three counties. And if you obstruct business in any way, I'll pull out and go somewhere else. And let me tell you how this is going to go. When somebody applies for a permit, you give it to them. You give them 90 days to go into, to, into compliance. You monitor and you work with them and you help, you make sure that they're in business and they're making money. This is how he explained it to him. He's talking to all these elected officials. And some of them didn't like being talked to like that. But at the end of the day, when businesses open there, you know, supply companies, fasteners, you know, d- delivery yeah. companies, they, they were able to get in business because startup's hard. They were able to right. get in business and slowly get into compliance instead of being shut out of business because they didn't have the right bathrooms or something. None of that happened. And that, th- that job, I mean, that, uh, that project of building up there, it built a whole economy and it built a whole new um, uh, economic model for that whole end of the state. It was really, really impressive. Well, I'm glad but it worked out. Augie Bush did that. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out, and I'm glad he, was, he had a backbone to talk to well, those people like that. It's, that <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing that we as business owners need to be saying about our community right here, our right. business community right here in Harris County in Houston. You know, um, get out of the way. Don't be an obstructionist. Yeah, that's, um, that's what BizPAC does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Next, J- Joseph, what are your thoughts on let's let's talk about politics, the climate of politics. First, let's start on the national scale, then Texas, the state of Texas, mm-hmm. and then Harris County, Houston local. Just general thoughts about you know, the, mm-hmm. the presidential administration, how he's performing. Um, the malperformance of our current president is astounding. And it, it's it's mind boggling to watch this, you know, go down every day. It, it's uh, it's. It, it, it seems like it's a bad movie. It, I think it's a Simpsons episode being played out, you know, for the American people, you know. Um, I, I just don't, uh, I, I don't believe that uh, he's got the best interests of the United States at heart. I don't think that administration does at all. Okay. What about uh, your thoughts on the Texas government? Oh, Texas. Texas. Where do we start, right? <laughs> I know you're heavily involved with the Texas yeah, in, elections. In, in Texas, we've got uh, three types of folks up there, I think, in our, in our Texas legislature. You know, we've got uh, what I would call the, the socialists. We have um, the rhinos. And then we have the true uh, libertarian-minded, uh, responsible, small government-minded uh, representatives and senators up there. Now, for the audience that may not know what a rhino is, can you explain to that? Because not everybody R- knows what Rhino is an acronym that means Republican yeah. in name only. And um, they typically are a political windsock. Mm. Um, whichever way the wind's blowing, they, you know, they flop around quite a bit. They generally vote right down the middle. Sometimes they go over to the left and uh, they'll, they'll support a Democrat policy that is not business friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's got some kind of social impact or socialist, socialistic, um, uh, you know, motive underneath it. And, um, you know, they, they're, they're kind of marking and handling themselves. At, yeah. some, at some point, BizPAC will um, give a scorecard on, Good. on our elected officials based on their performance. Yeah. You know, um, we're just getting to the point where we've got enough resources to do all that. Excellent. I'm glad you actually mentioned the libertarianism because I'm a bit, uh, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm a bit libertarian leaning. Yeah. Just the whole philosophy. It actually aligns with your, your organization quite a bit. Some of the libertarian philosophy of smaller government. I hear that a lot. Lower taxes. I hear that a lot. Less government intrusion in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. More liberty. So Mm -hmm. just, just wanted to throw that out there Mm because even a lot of my peers or the people that I hang out with, they're not aware of what it is. Right. So I think that's maybe the key takeaway, just so people can be informed you know, a bit. A, yeah. a great distinction there yeah. is you've got the libertarian political party, which they, they don't seem to be able to quit stepping on their own foot for some reason. But the libertarian values, the values. themselves are absolutely constitutional values. They are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm sad that that party can't seem to – to get itself on track, that, that's sad. So we just have to take the candidates that we've got out there. Uh, we have to encourage other business owners to run for different offices because we know how they'll um, how they'll uh, vote on these things, you know, and how they'll work uh, legislation um, in a, a responsible way and promote that whole libertarian mindedness. Yes, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And as I said, I, it, it would solve a lot of our problems right now. And actually, a lot of our founding fathers, too, they they delegated from a libertarianist mm. slash conservative like mindset. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that either. But if you just look at kind of even like the Declaration of Independence or Bill of Rights, a lot of it's, mm-hmm. a, as I said, libertarian leaning. It sure is. Yeah. Yes. 
And I'm glad that you, you understand that too. More of a measure twice, cut once type mentality. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. So you analyze, analyze, analyze what yes. I analyze, get some opinions on it. Okay. Make a choice, you know, that gets us where we want to go. Um, that's probably the safest model. Yes. Next, Joseph, let's, your thoughts about Harris County, Houston politics. Harris County. <laughs> where um, do we start? Right. <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I think the way to start is, is to look at the, at the crime problem in Harris County, because that's the litmus test of the health of a of a governmental body and it's failing right. miserably yeah crime rates are it's it's absolutely insane there's 157 murders i think as of last week committed by uh dangerous felons that were released on no or low bond how crazy is this who does this now we're starting to get a little bit of uh uh, I guess national news because we passed Chicago and our crime now is that good for business no that's horrible for business you know but we've and we do have to get a hold of that we've got to get on top of it and I'd like to see um, Harris County really attack that problem the citizens of Harris County that are not awake yet need to wake up and uh, get active and get out there and vote there are some communities that are very active they're realizing um, um, their community is, has either been impacted heavily by these repeat criminals, by these open uh, swinging door courtrooms with the judges that just let them out on no bond. You know, the judge is where the buck stops on that. Right. The, the, in Texas, a lot of people don't know it, so for the viewers or listeners, um, it's, it's not the DA, it's not the mayor, it's not Lena Hidalgo or Rodney Ellis. Each individual judge in the state of Texas sets bail, period. They're the one that set it. No one tells them um, that they have to set no or low bond. Nobody tells them that. They try to hide behind this uh, judgment that they got, but the judgment gave them full discretion. Read the judgment. So it's, it's truly the judges that are in right now. There's a whole bunch of, uh, in the primary that we just went through, there's a whole bunch of really good criminal and family court judges that, right. that uh, won their primaries. I, I don't know if there were any runoffs. I think there were. I don't think there were any runoffs in the judges. Yeah, seats. I don't think there were either. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good, responsible judges that have experience, have experience in the courts. You know, just in the family court area alone. Um, right now, we're talking about the climate of Harris County elections that just passed. Um, right. The elections administrator or misadministrator, <laughs> who has had four elections of catastrophic failures every single time, is not following Texas state law That's at no all. good. Yeah. At all. Isn't that illegal? It is, and, and there should be prosecution for it. <laughs> yeah. But again, to prosecute, um, well, we can get into that because it's important people don't understand why it's not being prosecuted. Yeah. They've built a perfect scam, a perfect fix into the system. Right now, the Texas State Attorney General cannot pierce the veil of the highest elected official, the, the county district attorney. The district attorney has to invite the state attorney general in. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why. Uh, so Ken Paxton has some limited powers as state attorney general, mm -hmm. and he filed for four election fraud investigations in four counties in Texas. But they wouldn't let him in. He could pull the cursor. All it is is a simple recount or, mm -hmm. or proof of the count that they, they did. It's not a forensic audit. He can't do that. 
to go that deep. The county DA has to invite the state attorney general. Right. The Texas legislature has to order, usually by a two-third majority of the Senate, or the uh, the governor himself, our governor, Greg Abbott, has possessed the power the entire time to executive mm -hmm. order the, the state attorney general into the counties where the fraud has been demonstrated. I mean, we're, they're walking into the state, Secretary of State's office with hundreds of examples of voter fraud from these different counties, Harris County being one of them. And they, he can't go any further than what he's done without uh, the executive order of the governor. And he won't. The, yeah. yeah, in fact, the article is in the powers of the governor. You can look this up yourself or Google it. Um, the governor has the right to under executive order, activate special unit of the Texas Rangers for abuse or, um, what's it called? Abuse of power of office by an elected or appointed official. Mm, and when the Texas Rangers get a hold of that and they work through the Texas Attorney General's office, um, they generally get their man, that, that small group of elite officers. I'd right. love to see Greg Abbott, our governor, do that. I've repeatedly asked for him to do that. But and I would like all yeah. of you to join in asking Governor Abbott to give that executive order, send send in the Texas Rangers, and let the election fraud be examined fully by our Texas State Attorney General. It takes his executive order to do it because Kim Ogg is not going to do it. She, she's not. had years to do yeah, it. She she's won't. never done yeah. it. And, uh, and the state attorney, the state legislature is out of session, so they cannot do anything right now. Our, our state legislature only meets for five months every two years. So our, our state legislature, our senators and representatives for the state are not in session right now. So they can't do a vote and, and call for this. Only Greg Abbott, only Governor Greg Abbott can do this. And so if, you've got, if you want something to do today, write a letter to Greg Abbott and tell him, please activate the special unit of the Texas Rangers to investigate corruption or abuse of office by elected and appointed officials mm -hmm. in Harris County regarding the vote. Interesting. Next, Joseph. So elections are were just finished last week, mm -hmm. and as we head off into the runoffs, let, we'll talk about the runoffs first because that's what's coming behind yeah. the general election. So any thoughts about, yeah, elections, runoffs, good candidates to look out for? There are a couple of runoffs that are significant to you and I. Um, how about we start with the Texas State Attorney General's Office? Sure. Um, we've done a deep dive into that uh, in the primary, the four candidates that ran. Um, the, the interview that we had with uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton was very telling. I think it was over an hour, and um, he is, uh, this is hard for a lot of people to comprehend, but Ken Paxton is the winningest attorney general in Texas history against federal government overreach. He is the possibly the winningest in U.S. history, as state attorney generals go. Uh, Ken Paxton is a, a prolifically um, successful at stopping the U.S. federal government and encroaching on your and my liberty in Texas. He's got a 92% success rate against the federal government at stopping overreach. Mm. Nobody's got that. Um, so we're, we're, uh, we're very impressed with what he's been doing. He has, you, you and I and everybody listening here in Texas has no idea what this guy has prevented because we can't keep up with the amount of lawsuits. He's had to file sometimes four a month 
mm. to stop uh, the U.S. federal government. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it would take uh, two rounds of appeals courts for him to get a decision in favor of of Texas liberty, Texas constitutional uh, law to apply. So, you know, we're we're impressed with with uh, State Attorney General Paxton, and I think everybody else needs to go do their homework and look at it. If you want to look at the interview, go to the YouTube channel. You can watch the interview with Ken Paxton. Um, He's running the largest law firm in the state with 6,000 attorneys and 2,000 outside counsel. It's a lot. And uh, he has over 400 pieces of legislation ready to go against the U.S. federal government. See, the way that works is you would say, well, why does he have it ready to go? Because the, the U.S. federal government telegraphs its punches sometimes a year or more in advance. Okay, So they're able to get prepared and, and start gathering information so that when a mandate comes down, he can file that lawsuit and, and get the thing stopped, and it'll go through its appeal process, and six months later we finally get a decision that uh, Texas law is going to prevail anyway. Right. Okay. So. All right. Any other any candidates to be on the lookout for? Oh, yeah. Runoff? That was, uh, that's just a Texas State Attorney General's yeah. race. We're not, we can't go over them all because <laughs> we only have 50 minutes <laughs> right, here. But. Right, right. The other big race uh, sure. where we've got a runoff here is uh, Harris County, uh, the Harris County judge race. Uh, they're the two candidates that made it through the primary were uh, Vidal Martinez, who has an incredible resume, a resume I anyone should be jealous of. What the guy has, I've seen it. It's it's, it's so impressive. Um, and and then the the other one is uh, Alex Mueller, Alexander Mueller. Um, uh, I think she was a banker for three or four years with Wells Fargo. Um, had the had the pleasure of meeting all nine candidates at some point and interviewing all of them and getting them ready for a forum. The forum ended up only Vidal Martinez, Warren Howell, and Randy Kubosh made the cut because Alex Mueller bailed out just a few, uh, I think two days before it, after she saw the questions. Then, um, and Martina did the same thing the morning of the forum. Called me at uh, right before noon, hmm. you know, uh, Jesus told her not to come to the forum. That's what she said. So, um, so we had a great deep dive, two hours of hard interview questions with dignitaries that were qualified to ask the question. Former Harris County Treasurer, uh, Orlando Sanchez, uh, put it to the candidates, you know, how they would handle transparency nice. in the county finances. Right. Because it's been, there, there's been a, a veil cast over it. I don't know if you know that. The curtain's been pulled. They have a, a financial administrator, and that's who does everything and reports to the board, so the treasurer doesn't get a lot of the detail without doing a deep dive on it. It's and, terrible. And I, it should not be happening. What are they trying to hide? That's my point. <laughs> that's exactly my point. And, um, of course, so uh, Vidal Martinez, if you go look at what the guy's done, I mean, for goodness sakes, he was the, um, for the State Bar Association, chairman mm -hmm. you know i think he was on that board 20 years right he's had appointments by five different governors um he's former port of houston authority handled homeland security with the port authority um, to secure all of the uh, some of the big you know we've got a port full of ships coming in from around the world so the part largest, of the yeah. part of the big uh, concerns there is how do we secure what cargo is coming in they could come up the the ship channel with uh, uh, explosive device of some type, you know, and so um, 
that was one of the things they were. He worked personally and chaired that committee um, to to bring in Department of Homeland Security and kind of get that secured down. It's why we can't run our jet skis up Buffalo Bayou anymore, you know, <laughs> like I did when I was a kid, you know. But uh, but he's he's done a lot of great things like that and a Greater Houston Partnership. I think twenty years or something. Um, he was involved GHP. So. Well, it's good to see a track record. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the track record's impeccable. It's important. You know, yeah. One of the things that uh, in that particular race, one of the in the in the county judge race, one of the things that we're hearing from um, other candidates uh, against they know Vidal's the the big guy, right? They right. know he's the guy with the great resume and all the all the endorsements. Right. So they try to attack him on the. Uh, Methodist Hospital laid off 128 doctors and nurses. And what, what people, or, or what these candidates that are saying this are failing to mention is that under a declared emergency by the federal government, um, it's, it's uh, OSHA and FEMA, it's federal regulatory that sets that standard. No hospital in Texas had a choice. Right, they don't have control. They yeah. no. You, yeah. That's well, a big under misconception. An emergency, right. Under an emergency, a hospital is a strategic asset. Yeah. You know, so they had no, they had no say in no the say. matter. Yeah. yeah, they got no dog in that hunt. And so, um, what what occurred? If you go look at the time event sequences, once OSHA pushed out the mandate that they had to be vaxxed and doctors didn't want it, then big hospital systems went to State Attorney General Ken Paxton got a got a, a decision. You know, that if they had a religious waiver in Texas, they'd be protected. That's when they put that out. And Methodists, for instance, hired back 120 out of 128 instantly. Just check this religious waiver, you're hired back. The only, the eight that didn't come back, they already had employment elsewhere. You know, they had already started a job search. Different hospital. Else. Yeah. Yeah. And so people just need to understand that when they hear, uh, you know some stuff negative noise slinging <laughs> I call it noise go get all, go get the whole story yeah and, you know, yeah you know because there's no uh, board of directors that can override the US the federal, federal government, government. Yeah. yeah that can't happen you know what would have what would have occurred if they'd have done that is FEMA would have taken over and removed all the the administrators from the hospital FEMA would have taken over the hospital system can you imagine the largest hospital system in Houston be take over by FEMA that's ridiculous. So, yeah. so I think that they did that the right way, and they hired back 120 of. They would have hired all 128. You know. All right. Now, moving forward. So we we did have a good discussion about elections, and mm-hmm. I know something that you're really concerned about right now is civic engagement as a whole. Right. I know we're both in a position where we're you know we lead from the front because mm-hmm. I'm actively engaged, you're actively engaged, with, which right. I think is a great thing. We keep bumping into each other. <laughs> you're a good person to bump into, mm-hmm. Joseph. I don't say that to a lot of people, but I like I like bumping into you. All right. So my my question is, Joseph, how can we keep increasing that civic engagement and voter turnout and activism? Because mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it is getting better, but it's still not where we need it to be. Right. I, and I know you have the the same. I feel the same way. I think that. I yeah. think that you've got a good sense about that, and right. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, the more that we continue to have more forums, more engagement, more yeah. conversations, like now. Yeah. more conversations, you yeah. know, with our other, or especially around BizPack, with our other business owner friends, with our with our uh, service providers to our companies, you know, mm-hmm. have more discussion about it, so that people sharpen their minds about what the issues are. And, and they convert that understanding into getting to the polls, 
Go get good information oh, right. about yeah. candidates. Yes. Get to the polls and vote in every single election. It's our sacred franchise. Yes, you know, it is. You know what happens when you don't have a vote anymore? You're a subject or you're at war with your government. So Nothing. get out there and vote. Quit sitting on your hands. Go do it. And you know what? There's, there are good groups out there you can get good information from. And what I tell people is get as much information as you can. Make up your own mind. Think, think it through. At the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. it, it's all about what you can put together in your own mind about it. But, but keep looking at all the information and don't think that you have all the information. We don't think that we have all the information all the time. We're right. constantly doing more investigation and, and right. more digging into every candidate situation, every office. Because we want to make a good choice here. This is this is the our future is being determined. And if you look at how we have mismanaged our vote by outsourcing, by allowing others to vote for us, right, right, it's whether, not whether it was legal or illegal, you know, allowing others to. I mean, I passed by I passed by a bunch of voters the other day. You know, when I passed by that graveyard, you know, so. <laughs> We took, that a, we, we took a video of it and, and posted it and made <laughs> laughing about it. You know, what, what else can you do? But, yeah. but you have to exercise your sacred franchise to have a dog in the hunt, you know. Yeah. And when you start doing that, then your friends will do that. Your, your colleagues will do that. Just, just continue to do that. And come to a BizPAC meeting. You know, you'll, have, you'll make new friends. One thing that I've noticed about the people around BizPAC, they're a very uh, up, chipper, upbeat kind of group, you know. And within 90 days of people joining BizPAC, they're doing business inside of BizPAC. Nice. They, that, that aspect of the networking really seems to work well uh, in, biz, in that BizPAC dynamic. Um, and I'm really, I'm really glad to see. I love it when I hear about one, one group doing business with another group you know, in, in BizPAC because I see that there's an ecosystem that's happening. They're helping each other out. They respect one another, you know, and... and um, you should be able to capitalize on being around good people. You know, you should. Oh, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned an informed voter because I did see the list of endorsements you had made. And yeah, they were they were pretty good. And those were informed endorsements versus just voting for somebody based on, oh, you liked one speech that they made or you like the way his hair looks. I'm like, no, you sh- we should not be voting like because of that. I mean, those things certainly help. But we got to look deeper. You're so right. You're so right. The, we look past that. If ever there's contention, right, in in the in the BizPAC kind of leadership, you know, it's when it gets down to doing the endorsements, right, right, because we want to get all the information out, and typically human beings um, make emotional decisions and they try to go defend the emotional decision logically, is but what we're we're trying to reverse that. Yeah. Right. We're trying to get all the analysis and intel and then make the judgment off of what we're seeing in in the intel. The same way that you'd run your business. Right. You know, if you run your business off of emotion, at some point you're going to run off a cliff. You've got to you've got to constantly analyze, you know, where what's my cash position? What's the market doing? What's the next trend? You know, how hot is the wind blowing on this thing that is it going to blow it out? You know, so we want to use that same level of of business intellect and analytics in who we choose to vote for. No candidate's perfect, you know? Nobody is. No, no human per- being is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody's, we know, but we need to know what their heart is on a matter and they're demonstrated right. uh, what their record is, you know? Right. And uh, I think we were talking earlier and I was saying how great it would be if, if some candidates 
would just you know come admit the truth about a matter. Come clean. Yeah, just just be honest with the people and trust their vote because uh, they're going to sniff out the lie, and and we're not going to put up with it at BizPack at all. Right. You know, we're not here for that nonsense. Yeah, my overall assessment from the the results of this previous primary election is that, unfortunately, a lot of voters aren't doing what we're talking about. They're just they're they're voting based on maybe some TV ad they saw, mm-hmm. like a twenty second TV ad right. or maybe a ten second commercial. Uh, but I recommend voters to dig deeper. See we try what to, policy they stand. Yeah, with. we try to put our analytics and exactly. what we find out there online. We try to get right. it all out there yeah. for people to make. Here's a body of information. Go test this out for yourself. Here are things that you probably didn't know about this candidate or this office, right. or or the incumbent or the new challenger. Take this information, go go validate it, and come back to us with what you find as well. Yes. You know, it's um, that's that part of it is starting to work, but it's new, and I don't think a lot of people are used to having that uh, forum, that capability, right. that mechanism there, and so they're starting to use it now more. Good. We we get more intel than ever now. I mean, it, it was overwhelming. It was um, oh my gosh, this last election cycle for this for this primary. It was it, it was uh, exhausting the amount of information that we were trying to go through, and you know we're parsing it out and coming back together and making sure we've got it right and and calling in and validating and watching our own videos and you know of, right. of candidate interviews and things and talking with our other uh, uh, we have a, a good group of uh, Tea Party Republican women and 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 conservative groups around town that we dialogue with all the time. You know, and we're trying to share information with them, and and uh, it, it was a lot of information to go through. But I, and on one hand, I would say it was the best election cycle that we've been through. On the other hand, um, I, I gained a bunch of weight. I didn't work out, <laughs> and it took it took it a, happens. It took a few days of sleep to get past the you know election night. Uh, we're gonna run. We're gonna go run five miles tonight. All right. Uh, <laughs> Next, for the sake of time, uh, we, we won't be able to get, go through all the topics that we have here, but we're going to go ahead and uh, start wrapping up. So what's in the future for Joseph Trayan? Future plans? We are going to make sure Chapter 313 and Chapter 312 are dead. That's the biggest ripoff of the, of the Texas taxpayer that has ever occurred. That's been going on for 22 years. Those were programs. Chapter 313 means a school district can hand out a tax deferral to a business. Chapter 312 means that a county entity can hand out a tax deferral or abatement to a business. Now, why is this a ripoff to you and I as a taxpayer, a property tax uh, payer? Because these big companies would get a big tax deferral or abatement, then they never would hardly ever go pay their taxes. They'd settle out at a nickel on the dollar. Hmm. Think about that. Now, who, who picked up the entire tax burden? Everybody else? Me and you, Mr. Homeowner. Me and you, Mr. Small Business Owner. And so people are sitting around going, why are my property taxes through the roof? It's not why, fair. Why was, I, I had a house in Memorial where I raised my daughters and they went to school there in Memorial and that was great. But why was I paying a teacher's salary in taxes every year? I was. But why? Doesn't that sound crazy? It I is. could have sent them to private school yeah. for that. Right. You know, but that, that reason why is because these, these chapter 313 and 312 programs where they can hand out the tax deferral and tax abatements and then the comptroller only collects a nickel on the dollar, that allowed 
the, or that, that allowed the taxing entity, the county or the school district, to increase taxes on, on you and I, homeowner, business owner, to make up the difference for this whole footprint impact. That's not fair. No, yeah. no, it's wrong. The promise of tax was never paid, so they're not paying their fair share. Um, we'd like to see that program killed. Uh, we were able to get Chapter 313 defunded in the last week of the legislative cycle in May of 2021. Um, thank God for our friends in the Texas Senate and uh, I'm, very, I'm very proud of them, the way that they got the information, analyzed the reports that we were giving them. We, start, we did hit a few newscasts, Mark Golaby in particular, that ran for comptroller. The reason, yeah, yeah. reason he ran for comptroller was to, to bring attention to this. Now, here's the sickest part of that whole program and why we're targeting it. A guy or a woman, a man or woman, would move into a, a school district in a rural area and hang a sign out that they were running for school board and they and then you look around and you're like well does he even have any children in school here okay then what would happen is he's got a giant campaign war chest he's handing out he's handing out uh, uh, campaign contributions to the the, the local judge to the county judge to the other school board members and he's getting all these endorsements and boom he gets elected right and then he's on that school board or, or he's in on the county judge seat and a commissioner and he's he's fighting for this for this uh chapter 313 or 312 tax deferral for this wind farm company or for this or that or whatever and then they and he's, he's a school board a school board election was a two to three thousand uh, dollar run for office until this started hmm. Interesting. Well, thanks for shedding light on that for the sake of time, now, Joseph. Now it's over yeah. 100000 Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't aware of that, but thanks for shedding light on that. So we're going to close the interview, Joseph, with your number one tip to be successful in business to oh, the audience. Get up early every day. Get up early. Get your bed straight. Get your life going before everybody else. You got to get ahead of them to stay ahead of them and just never quit running. Uh, surround yourself with good people and uh, I would say learn to be a, uh, a student seeking integrity and depth of character in all that you do and I'll tell you I've got a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've you know um, all of that but all those negative things out there but uh, in the end as I've gotten older and, and uh, moved through different businesses um, Having integrity and look and being a student of depth of character, uh, that's that's a whole different program. That's that's how you establish yourself as a leader, and people can see it. Right. Yeah, I love the, all these these wisdom uh, topics that you mentioned because I agree with all of them. Anyways, Joseph Trahan, thank you so much for coming to the radio studio to do this interview with me and to the audience. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next Monday, twelve to one. Have a fantastic day. Bye.